Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast will include mature themes and scenes. This actual play uses the Delta Green role-playing game rules by Arc Dream Publishing. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your hand. You're all cordially invited to a night at the opera. Good evening, and thank you again for joining us on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your handler this evening, Michael Diamond, and we are back playing Delta Green Impossible Landscapes for you, our wonderful audience. And so at the top of the show, as I'd always like to do, I'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you'd like to support the show, assist our agents in that fashion you can, and that's at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. And now the players on our stage to my right. Hi, this is Miranda and I play Dr. Aaron Weber, a.k.a. FBI special agent Olivia Dartford. Very good. And uh, Dr. Weber was surprised in a park to meet a man. It's true. To Dr. Weber's right. Hello, it's your friend Nate. I'm playing Elliot Winters, Diplomatic Services Special Agent for the U.S. Department of State. Or maybe I'm playing Special Agent Oscar Bennett for the Federal Bureau of Investigations. It's already getting complicated. Indeed it is. To Mr. Winters right. Hi, I'm Allie and I play Joanne Hart or as I will be known for at least this session, FBI agent Ophelia Ward. And I have a bone to pick with some objects in an apartment based on an FBI report. Hmm, very interesting. Last but most certainly not least. Hi, my name is Tegan, and I'm playing Brett Hawking, NCIS agent. And also, I'm walking around with a name tag here that says that I am, at least temporarily, FBI Special Agent Owen O'Neill. Indeed. You've all been issued your um, temporary cover identities as FBI Special Agents. Some of you may live up to them a lot easier than others, but uh, be that as it may, you've collected yourselves together to go over the clues inside the case that uh, Marcus gave you. And so far, it sure sounds like Abigail Wright's apartment is absolute ground zero of hoarder territory. So this sounds like a mess. And I feel like I need to hit the hardware store before we get over to this apartment. Well, she was an artist. So sometimes I feel like there's a fine line between art and disorder. Yeah, I guess I'm just zeroing in on this epoxied paper to every surface of the place and Mm -hmm. thinking about our polite request to collect all the evidence and bring it out and and, and what that means. A catalog. So I take it we are posing as these FBI agents assigned to collect this evidence. So we're not going to really get stopped if we need to like break a chisel out or something. Oh, well, that's a good position to be. So it looks like we had like a a local PD dude from the news article. So FBI usually trumps all that. Talking about the chief detective? 
Yeah, but FBI trumps that, so if he gives a shit, we can handle it. Well, Agent, as far as I can tell from these things that we read, this is this is a two-month-old case. If they still have police or anything stationed at that apartment, that'd be a surprise to me. Wouldn't be normal. No, for sure, but you never know. Once they start seeing people snooping around in there, you know, they might mention something. I can do this. I can just swing by, get some scrapers, get a, a couple uh, cases, uh, heading into hoarder's territory. And it feels like we might have a lot to carry out. A couple of cases of brewskis? No, 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 son. Uh, a couple of empty cases to carry all this crap. We get some Ziploc bags because we'll get to catalog. So Ziploc bags and, and several notebooks. Agent Darfur, why don't you come with me and we can we can go shopping together. Okay. Don't forget paper bags for clothing evidence. I am not making a list. That sounds good. How about you You two go to the hardware store. Me and Ward will take a look at the building. I figure we can actually probably go inside ahead of time, kind of get the lay of the land. I don't think we just have to hang outside of the building like a couple of creepers. No, absolutely. We have keys, right? You do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Let's do that. On the uh, car ride over, I do want to talk to Ward, though. Okay, we'll handle that in just a second. I'm going to move camera to uh, Agent Darford and uh, Agent Bennett as you um, head to the hardware store. So we'll just say that this is a uh, Ace hardware store. It's likely, likely tucked in between several larger, we'll just say uh, department stores or larger buildings that have sort of begun to squeeze this sort of a mom and pop shop out. There's a fair number of vagrants outside, Agent, and uh, you can tell more than one of them are hanging around probably for the wrong reasons. But yeah, if you make your way inside the Ace Hardware, it smells like cut wood and with that vinyl smell from too much wax put on the floor. Ah, the best smells in the world. I get a cart. This is where I have a lot of stuff. So what are you shopping for? I think we'll need... Okay, we want to get bags if we can. Uh, Plastic, paper, some chisels, probably some, maybe some solvents, just in case. So we'll get some uh, general all-purpose solvent uh, type stuff, rubber gloves, some masks... A bucket, just because. Think uh, some some box cutters, because uh, they go with the scrapers. So the box cutter might be a little better. Anything else you can think of, Agent Bennett? Well, I feel like you got a you got a pretty thorough list there, Agent. Agent Darby, you said you were a nuclear scientist. Yes, uh, uh, chemist. Nuclear chemist. I got that right. Yes. You all right with um? I look around, make sure that there's no one around. You all right with impersonating a federal agent? Um, I mean, I, I guess it's fine. Does it worry you at all? I'm just wondering. Well, uh, you know, it seems like in certain lines of work um, with things that have happened, yeah, it's probably fine. Okay, okay. I just know that if I was to step into a, a nuclear reactor to impersonate a nuclear scientist. Well, you would die instantly. You would be dead. I would probably die. See, that's my problem is I would have some problems impersonating what you do. Um, I just want 
to make sure that uh, you're okay with what you're about to do, which is impersonate sort of what I sort of do. I don't want you to get in any trouble. I'm fine with um, the rest of you taking the lead on some of that thing stuff. Oh, well, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want to. I'm not saying um, sink into the background. No, no, no. I just mean you do the talking, and maybe I'll do like some of the thinking, and then I'll also do some of the talking. But like a lot of the like uh, agent stuff, I'll let you guys handle. All right. Let me see if I got got this straight. I'll do the agent stuff. You do the thinking. Then I won't have to do the thinking. I can just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like you, Agent Darford. You, you folks need any help? You see a, an older man. What's the name tag saying this guy? It says Edgar. Oh, Edgar. We have got the gnarliest uh, wallpaper and plaster scraping and, and cleanup situation over here. You got anything that you would recommend that would not cause a bunch of damage? I got a kid and they put up a bunch of posters and they I told them to use the sticky tack stuff, but you know what they use? They use like the, the drywall compound and all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, I'm trying to get this place ready for sale. Sorry, I like to think that as a chemist, that I've already looked at the ingredients on all of these solvents and picked the, probably the best one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have like the top tier stuff. You're like, this stuff will work no matter what. And you see uh, this man, Edgar, white hair, big bushy mustache. He sort of brushes his mustache two or three times as if he's joys uh, showcasing his facial hair. And then he slowly walks down an aisle. You can see that his apron isn't on a hundred percent tight, but but it, it's it's just enough that it sort of hangs a little bit. He's got a pair of scissors in his back pocket, a point down, of course. And then he, on his hip, wears a, a small leather holster that has uh, what looks like a some sort of uh, box cutter. He uh, stops over to the the aisle here, and he says, "I'd probably recommend this stuff." Pulls out like a some sort of uh, solvent dissolver. Oh, that's that'll do. Well, you know, we'll take them both. I always tell the customers when I come in that what <laughs> he sort of you can tell that he's about to tell a joke because he sort of laughs to himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the kids have been uh, goofing off in their rooms, and so you need goof off. He sort of like projects the bottle of goof off towards you. That stuff is really good. Um. <laughs> oh, Edgar, that's that's funny. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, I think we're good. We're good then. We're good. And I give the slightest wink to Agent Dartford. She neither smiles nor winks back. You pay for the supplies. It's probably about eighty to ninety dollars total of all of the kit and uh, associated bags, chemicals. You come out with two big brown paper bags of from Ace Hardware. Beautiful red logo emblazoned across the front of it. And, and uh, soda or two if Agent Bennett wants one too. Yeah, the only ones that are available are either Mellow Yellow or Crush. Crush, of course. Go with Crush, yeah. So when that old fella ever gets asked, uh, he's going to think about the couple that he sold the goof off to, he's not going to think, I saw those amazing chemicals that you picked out. He's not going to think about the bomb suspects that we might have been. I've investigated at least three cases, and this is exactly, exactly what pointed me to suspects. I had no question about your, your choices here. I just had a question about what might happen afterward. Nuclear science is, I can't even imagine. So just, I just want to be clear. 
All right, so I'm going to move camera then to uh, Agent Ward and uh, Agent O'Neill. What are the two of you doing in your um, beginning, your, your trip over to the McAllister building? Well, while we're driving over there, I just wanted to... Um, wait, hey, I'm, I'm driving, right? Yeah. Ward, Brett slash O'Neill says that, knowing that that's not their real name, but the only name they have for them. Hey, uh, let me see that photograph, that Polaroid. I'll show you when you're not driving. Got something on the back, right? What did it say? It says, right, comma, A, June 1st, 94. June 1st, 94. So, okay. About, so it's not from this year. It's about a year before she disappeared. I think uh, with that point, we, we probably roll up on the on the, uh, the location. What does it look like? The McAllister building is like a lot of buildings around here. It is a sort of classic brownstone. Three stories. There's some, it looks like some sort of design work that went into it when it was first built. You get sort of these strange castle vibes from it. It looks like somebody fashioned ramparts. There's even some what look like stone gargoyles at the top of it, but it isn't top flight stuff, right? It looks like maybe it was back know 50 70 years ago when the place was first built but from the ground some of the features here look a little cheap maybe look a little run down you're a little surprised the place hasn't been condemned to be perfectly honest at least from the uh, sort of hip and newer buildings that are going up in the area all right if i can get parking on the street is it dark yet it's not actually so it's only about six those folks who live around the area your east coast roughly speaking, so you know it won't get dark for another couple of hours. I'm just like, hey, do you mind, Ward, if I uh, if I, uh, if I dip? Are we talking tobacco? And like, I pull out like a little tin of skull. Keep that to yourself. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I just pack, he just starts packing his own lip. Yeah, I would say that there's a fair amount of uh, residential properties around here. It hasn't been completely taken over by huge skyscrapers by any means. The, the two biggest places that you get visually on the way over are Kips Bay Towers. There's a couple of them. They were designed in 63. Uh, so they've got sort of a late 50s vibe to them. Those probably house about a thousand people. Those are fairly big. Uh, the rest of it, though, is a sort of a smattering between, you know, three and four, four, four buildings to maybe six or eight, depending upon what you're around. I was born in Arizona, so all these buildings are way older than anything I'm used to. It's something I've had to get used to on living on the East Coast for the last several years. I'm just not used to the depth of history sometimes. I guess one thing that you'd pick up on, too, is sort of the older densities of people that are here. Not not only are the structures older, uh, the age is different, sort of the feel of how baked in things are is a little different here too if i can find a parking space nearby then uh you know if you you want to go in i've got i've got my little uh soda can and I, i'm ready to go take a look at this uh at this uh apartment uh yeah basically as soon as we're parked i will i guess the question is do we <laughs> we didn't say in the hotel room that we were going to split up the keys so since we're going through the apartment I can only imagine we have both keys you'd probably be right 
I mean, is this a single residence place or is this like multiple people live here? What is this? No, multiple people live here. You can tell. How tall is it? Three floors. Okay. So if I walk up on the building, like we see like multiple names and stuff on like buttons. You don't see anything just yet. You'd have to walk up all the way to the building, but you would see an intercom that has multiple buttons on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was looking at. It's just like, you know, is this place, like, how full is it? Like, how big is it kind of thing? Mm, You'd probably have to get pretty close to the intercom to see how full it was. Oh, well, I mean, like, I I have no problem walking up on the intercom unless Ward's going to stop me or anything like that. Like, I'm going to walk right up there and just kind of peek at the, the names and the numbers and stuff. Okay, you walk up. It looks like there are five people currently here. Uh, so just a quick glance, uh, you see a right, uh, and that's apartment 1A. You see T. Manuel, that's 2B. 3A is R. Karun, maybe. 4A is L. Post. And then 6B is M. Van Fitz. And then you also see 7B, 8A, 9A, 10B, and 11B are all empty. Does the key fit the outside? Uh, It does not. The door on the outside, you try the key. And at first, it doesn't work. It doesn't seem to to completely turn things over, at least one of the keys. You can feel the tumbler, a little bit of resistance. You take it out and you hear a sound from a car passing in the street behind you. It's a song. You can't really place it. You stop for a second. You put the key back in. And you can tell even from the, the feel of these keys, these keys were just made. You put the key back in and you turn it just a little bit more. And then the deadbolt turns finally. And the door opens. I opened the creepy door that didn't open before. You open the door. And there's some aromatics that come along with opening that door. It smells at first like someone's been baking something. You can't put your finger on whether or not it's bread or it's pancakes but there's a definite additional scent that goes along with it it's a buttery smell and then just on the air afterwards after you finally finished opening the door you get this strange smell of like rose hips it's odd but it's there for just a moment so just for clarification purposes right the keys worked on like a a gate door Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, one key is clearly marked for 1A Abigail's apartment. The other key is not marked for Abigail's apartment. It's marked for nothing. That's the key that was tried. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. So as soon as the gate opens... It's a door, but go on. I'll uh, locate 1A, which I imagine is pretty much right off of the... You know, it's not too terribly far. That's true. Uh, so when you enter and open that door, it, the hallway, it, for, a, for a second there, it's a little disorienting because the hallway is sort of a dead end. You enter and then you have to shift to the right and then you go down past a row of mailboxes. Uh, there's like this little sort of foyer area there where a bunch of larger packages and stuff like that has been piled before. And it looks like there's there was at one point like some art going on in the building. Uh, there's uh, supplies and that sort of thing that have been used and they've been staged there before garbage day. 
you get down the hallway and you, it opens up to your left and you see 1A apartment door, which has a note, 8 by 11 note on it from the NYPD, right? It, it says in pretty clear English that the apartment has been closed. It's a crime scene investigation area and no one is to enter. And there's a, bunch, there's a listing of a bunch of local police code that you'd be violating by going in. The door is shut. And it does look at one point like there was police tape here, but it's been taken down. Are there any agents on site? Like, is there anybody in the hallway? You don't see anybody in the hallway, no. Okay. I'm going to go knock on the door, actually. On 1A? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You knock for a second. And a moment later, you hear footsteps. And they sort of shuffle a little bit. And then they shuffle back in a different direction. The door opens and you see a mostly shaven head uh, African-American gentleman in in a decent working suit come to the door. I will hold up my fake but probably very real looking credentials. FBI agent Ophelia Ward. (sighs) Thank goodness. You see him sigh. He reaches his hand out and he says... uh, Detective Guridano, NYPD. Come on in. Just watch your step. Okay. And I will uh, motion to uh, Mr. O'Neill and, like, wave him in. Like, come on. Yeah, I was just checking out the hallway and stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll come inside. Yeah, the two of you step in and the detective was not kidding. There aren't a whole lot of places that you can actually put your feet down near without stepping on something. So it is floor, wall, covered with stuff. He shuts the door as you, uh, both of you get in. I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, I heard from my boss that they were sending some people down here to go through all this stuff. And I got to tell you, I am happy it is not me. Sometimes the grunt work doesn't fall on the local police. I have never seen anything like this shit. Like, I heard there was a lady on 57th who had a place like this, but she was like 75 years old and she was barricaded in there with just like trash bags and garbage. She hung onto everything. Lady had five cats and they had to peel her off the wall when she died. (laughs) Here is my card, he says with a winning smile. There's some stuff over there. That's not amongst this mess. It's a cataloging material they wanted someone to do. And I guess that someone is you. Okay. Agent O'Neill, do you want to uh, take a look around and get started? I'm going to have a word with our detective here before I join you. Oh, yeah. As long as I I got the time. Sure. And I'll just go ahead and spit in my can and then I'll go uh, move over. And uh, I I just kind of want to see... Like, if anything immediately jumps out at me, just looking at all this this weird shit. I will answer that question in just a moment. You step outside, Agent Ward, with the detective, and uh, you can tell uh, there's almost a, a wash of relief that goes over him when he steps back outside. I don't know how long you've been posted, or were you the investigating officer originally on the case? No, no. I got called in because they said somebody from some 
federal agency was coming down here, wanted to look at the place, wanted to go through it finally. And I got told by my boss that if they didn't show up by the end of today, it was going to have to be me that did it. And so I am super glad you two are here. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you happen to know who the original investigator was? Just in case I want to reach out and talk to them. No, not offhand, but you could probably get the report from NYPD. Okay. Is there a specific branch I should reach out to? No, I mean, just the local here. Okay. Has there been anyone lingering around that seems suspicious that you've noticed while you've been here? You know, I got to tell you, it's not a lot of foot traffic here. It's been mostly quiet. Okay. Residents seem reasonable. They want to be left alone to do their thing. You know? I understand. Thank you, Detective. That's all I wanted to know. You have a good night. You too. He smiles and walks out. Agent O'Neill, there is absolutely something out of place. Well, many things. But the big red flag in this room is the lack of furniture. What? There are zero pieces of furniture in this room. No chairs? No chairs. There is a single lamp. It is covered with all sorts of guess debris is the best way you could say things have been tacked to it little stickers or pictures or drawings or all sorts of strange little things it does look like there are a couple of I guess furniture pieces she had television Um, you can tell that there's a sticker on the television likely it was assessed and itemized by the insurance company when she turned up missing you can tell because there's a a big white sticker that has the underwriting agency on it. The floor is fairly bare. You can see here where the rug was dug up and ripped up like they talked about in the FBI report. Uh, The linoleum here is battered and stained. Some of these stains, O'Neill, are not pleasant looking. Wouldn't I just assume it's the epoxy? You might. You might not. You know, I'm going to imagine it's the epoxy because that makes me feel good. Fair enough. So uh, Agent Dartford and Agent Bennett, you're going to be arriving on scene shortly. 10-4. Can I get like an idea of how much bullshit is here? Like man hours or like square footage? Like, is this a tiny apartment? No, it's not a tiny apartment, unfortunately. Part of the problem that your brain is having right now is that the sheer totality is so erratic and so chaotic that you're having a hard time coming to grips with with it all. Like every wall space that you look at is covered. There's stuff epoxied on top of other stuff. I mean, it, it doesn't matter where you look. There are there's something to look at. There aren't any white spaces on the walls left. And so, as fitting, given that it's Delta Green, you could make a bureaucracy roll to get a determination of how long it might take you to complete it. I have a base 40 in bureaucracy. You want me to roll? Uh, Yeah, I do. I do. It says I got a 56 over 40. Far better than a 55, um, as doubles over your skill is bad in Delta Green. Did I just die from bureaucracy failure? 
No, the problem is you're you're feeling like a sense of like you can't get your mind around how long it's going to take just yet. Walking around the apartment, you find a cardboard box. It looks relatively fresh. It doesn't look like it's been here. It hasn't been epoxied to anything, and that's how you know it's safe. <laughs> What's in the box? I I don't want to ask. The, the, the box itself is marked evidence. FBI, White Plains, right A, 10th of August, 1995. Yeah, inside the box, there are four Polaroid cameras and about 100 packs of film. You find latex gloves, evidence bags, stickers, ceiling tape, as well as uh, what look like a, looks like a manifest list for the contents of the box so that you can fill out what actually goes in it. Oh, okay. Well, that's convenient. I'm looking at the room and I'm going like, it's not all going to fit in the, the box, but it's going to fit in these bags. Maybe some of it, we're going to need stickers. Agent Ward, you come back in. I'm going to put my hands on my hips while I'm still holding my briefcase that because that comes with me everywhere, especially now that I've got a fucking gun in it. Put my briefcase down behind the door and just there's a sigh because this room is full of bullshit. Hey, what you got over there? Either Marcus or somebody left this for us. It's a bunch of evidence paraphernalia. So that that's probably actually our uh, local PD friends. I confirmed with the detective that he was stationed to uh, make sure that we arrived in order to catalog stuff. So it might actually be from them. Yeah, this is a lot of stuff. You might want to just like take this all in for a minute. I'm just going to stare at O'Neill and I'm going to stare at the apartment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I took it in. There's a shit ton of stuff we have to go through. Agent Bennett and Agent Dartford, you arrive at the location. Miranda, do you think we're driving a Crown Vic or a Caprice? Oh, well, and neither of those are my car, so... Um, a Caprice. Moving out of our federal Chevy Caprice vehicle. Flam the doors, grab the stuff. What's the vibe? Take a deep breath around here and get the, try to get the vibe of the neighborhood. The neighborhood's fairly quiet for the, for the most part. Uh, there's a young kid walking a golden retriever across the, the way there, uh, just down the street. And uh, you catch sight of him, Agent Bennett, because he seems to be sort of egging the retriever on like he wants to get the golden retriever to run faster and this can't be more than like a eight or nine month old dog so it's not really even it's one of those dogs that the feet is too big you know like it hasn't really grown into all of its body and so the kid is running around and the, the dog is every three or four steps is sort of flopping and just trying to keep up with the kid but for the most part it seems like a another new york neighborhood uh, the vibe here feels a little older. Um, I'm going to guess they're already upstairs. We should probably just head up, Agent Bennett. Yeah, Darford, do, are you, do you have a weapon? Do you have a sidearm? Oh, no. My uh, weapon is my intelligence. Oh, dear Lord. If you want a weapon, there are some in the vehicle. But she's already she's missing, so she's not going to do anything to us. Right you are. And, and this place has been empty for a while, so we're probably fine. Well, ma'am, you do know that this is a multi-use. It's a New York apartment. There's there's plenty of people in here, not just her. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, you're all officers of something. I got it. I got it. No problem. Let's go in. You head in. The door is oddly unlocked, but you find 1A. It's down the corridor, hallway past the mailboxes to the left where a uh, fairly bright NYPD notice has been put on for uh, crime scene, no entry. You can hear people moving around in there. I'll knock on the door and open it up. Okay. Uh, there's a knock at Abigail's door for Warden O'Neill. I just try the handle. Like, I'm here for police business. Yeah, nobody said that they locked the door, so... Yeah, did I see? Did I just see our compatriots? Did we just knock and then walk in, yes. They arrive. And we have bags in our hands. We come bearing gifts. Oh, good lord, look at this place. I walk in and say, holy shit. Yeah, right? So did you bring food? No. I wouldn't eat anything that we brought. We did bring cleaning supplies, solvents, though, and some gloves and masks and scrapers, if you think that'll help. That all sounds like it would be very helpful. Yeah. Y'all figured anything out so far? Anything weird like they were talking about? I mean, this whole thing is weird. So anything, I guess, specifically weird in the weirdness. We ran into the detective. Oh, yeah. Was he weird? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Ward handled him. There wasn't anything weird about him. He wasn't the person who was on site originally when she disappeared. And he was just here as a placeholder until we showed up. Nothing weird about it. Just here. Jesus. How is he? Are you all? I feel like I'm dizzy. There's nowhere to put your eyes in this place. Do you feel this? This is like, there's nowhere to look. It's really strange you can get this much in the studio. Yeah. We could just start from one side and move across. There's four of us and there's four walls, so we start on our own wall and meet in the middle. Well, I imagine there's also more than one room. Oh, there's probably a bathroom, yes. Well, and probably a bedroom. If it's not, if it's a studio apartment. Did you all clear the whole apartment or did you just get stuck in this one horrible room? Well, we haven't been here very long. So we haven't really had a chance to do much more than look around. And O'Neill over there saw that they left us some goodies for our cataloging. So the report says NYPD entered her studio. Is it her art studio that is a larger apartment or is it a studio apartment, meaning one room and a bathroom? Yeah, it's essentially the latter of the case. So there's her apartment. There does appear to be a place where she could take a bath. There's there's a bathroom and there's a place for where uh, where her bedroom would be. I say would be because as I'll reiterate, there is there is no furniture here. And there is just it's just a titanic amount of stuff that's been epoxied to the wall. It is not just one room merely that has these things on them. It is every room here. But it's so it's not a, like a studio in the studio sense then work because I'm thinking studio apartment is one room that maybe has like artificial dividers in it with a bathroom off to the side. We're talking about still like an apartment with a separate bedroom, separate bathroom, separate living and kitchen area. Yeah. Okay. And everything is covered. Is this like one of those shitty New York apartments where there's like a tub in the kitchen? Yes. It's that shitty. So, like, this wasn't always an apartment building. 
I guess you don't know a whole lot about the building itself. This is not a one-day job, y'all. This is not a one-day job. Well, yeah, Marcus said it'd be like four days. Yeah. Do we want to just strip everything down? Are we are we poking? Or are we just focusing on this room? I don't even know where to start with the poking. I mean, there's so much here. I mean, Marcus just tell us that we needed to just, we just needed to scrape the stuff and destroy it. We said catalog. We're going to need more bags. So we're not here to solve a crime. So Marcus told us, collect the evidence and catalog it. Because of the amount of evidence, the process could take a couple days. Anything unnatural, stop it or destroy it. Better destroy it than not to. I remember him talking about that. Now that I think back on that conversation, y'all, I'm a little bit unnerved by the anything unnatural, stop it or destroy it. Because if it's a bunch of paper, there's no nothing to stop. So you just burn it. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe keep an eye out. Well, this is more than just paper. I don't know what he means by anything unnatural. I mean, we've all seen some unnatural, maybe, maybe. Elliot's going to be wandering sort of around, just allowing his gaze to pass across. Sure. But I'm really pattern matching for the pattern I saw on JoJo's skin or something like that as we're sort of talking. I'm just, my eyes are sort of a little bit unfocused as I'm just wandering about trying to get a, a sense. That's my only unnatural, I guess, anchor so far. So that's that's sort of what I'm going to go back to. Yeah, and I, I guess while you're doing that, I'll just see what's peelable immediately. So you do come across something, Agent Bennett. You sort of wind your way through the spaces that you can and you look for a pattern to match. And you come across a piece of paper with a fairly strange symbol on it. Why don't you make me an occult roll? But uh, 56 over 30. You're not sure what this is or, or what this means. You're drawn to it just a little bit because it does sort of remind you a little bit of some of the patterns that you'd seen that night. It's different, but it definitely draws your attention. And I pull it off the wall, can I, or is it... I'm thinking of a nest here, so is it is it Toombs's bile nest, or can I actually grab... You could probably grab and pull it off the wall if that's what you want to do. I would like to do that, and as an agent, some... As you pull it off the wall, there is a blasting horn sound from outside. Like an air raid horn goes off. What the fuck was that? Yeah, I'm gonna jump and look out the window. You jump, you look out the window. As you do, you see a homeless man, maybe? Down, just down the street. He seems to be crouched over a trash can. And then you notice that he's wearing fatigues. Okay, so it's a hobo. Alright. The horn seems to be from a cab. Couldn't have possibly been that loud. I mean, cabbies in New York have got some loud horns, but no way it was that loud. Y'all heard that. That was super loud, right? It wasn't just me? No. Because I got a little jumped with this thing. Y'all heard that? Yeah, it's this cab out here, some honking at some homeless dude out here in the trash cans. 
I mean, I've been in New York for a little bit. I ain't, I've not heard a cab that loud before, I don't think. I'm just, I'm just saying it's just very strange. It's super strange. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that'll make no sense. That'll make no sense at all. You guys are all just creeped out. Well, yeah. Have you seen where we're at? Anyway, what's that? What's that thing you found? Uh, I take out a pad of paper and I look at it, and then I look at Agent Bennett and say, "Bennett." Oh, geez, I almost forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm. This is weird to me. Is this is this weird to any of y'all? And I show them sort of the seal. It reminds me of a unfortunate event that I had in my past. So you can all make an occult roll if you'd like. It does look like there's some, there's definitely some characters here in a circle that you could write down, you know, P-U-R-S-O, you think that's an N? No, it says person. But yeah, there's definitely something. I got a whole 64 over 10. So that is a, a failure agent word. I failed as well. Okay. Oh, that's a 92 over 10. Also a failure. Yeah, you're not sure. All right, so let's get organized. There's got to be a bag or collection of the stuff that we ain't going to... I don't know if we're going to burn it, but we ain't going to send evidence. And so this is this is item one. We don't need to catalog this any further other than put it in, and I'll grab one of the buckets or something. Well, is this what he was talking about? Weird stuff, maybe. I don't know. It just strikes me as weird. He didn't give us much to go off, right? He just said anything that was unnatural, stop it or destroy it. I don't know if this is unnatural, but it's weird. All right. Well, I'm going to draw it on a piece of paper. Okay. All of the people got sent on the demonology symbol hunt. You know, don't know anything about demonology. So thank God for the Metropolitan Manhattan Library System. I've studied a little bit of it. So these nerds that are all going to draw it, I'm going to grab one of those cameras and take a fucking picture of it. Okay. I take the steel. I put it in a box. I go to a wall. I start collecting the, just pulling stuff off. You start pulling some stuff off the wall. Um, are you going to use the dissolvers or any of the chemicals that you've, you've gotten to try to take them off? To the extent that I can do it without damaging, yes. So if I need to use any any of the tools that we have, Agent Dartford, uh, how do, what do you recommend? So get some pointers on any of the solvents for best use. But yeah, I'm trying to do it with the least amount of damage to everything as possible. So here's what we're going to do. I guess I'm going to ask a couple of things, sort of guardrail questions here that are important for us. How much searching are you going to do today? Dartford had an alternative search that she wanted to do, but I would say a moderate amount. I mean, doing a pretty, putting a hard day's work here, I think. I'm thinking time-wise, how long are you going to be searching? It's about six o'clock now. So we can get three hours of sunlight. Sunset here is a probably about eight, 802, give or take. Yeah, we got a job. I don't know why we worrying about sunset. Get to work. I mean, we've got time. Do you want to be in the creepy apartment complex after dark? The other question is, do we want to work in shifts? Two of us hang out, start cataloging stuff, get some rest, come back, relieve the other people. That way we're kind of cataloging 24-7. 
that's not bad. That also gives the other group a chance to refresh. You know, if they need to do anything, they can do that. So I'm just going to put this out, out there and out of character, especially agents that are going to be sort of like library's first people. When you come across information, you're going to need to cross check it with a library. One of the biggest libraries in the United States is in New York. And so you have you you have those uh, potential advantages where you could say, like you're talking about was working shifts and then say, OK, well, maybe during the day, these people are here checking on things that people found, you know, that sort of thing. The previous shift. Yeah. And we kind of go back and or it's uh, it's going back and forth between like while you're searching, we're investigating what was just found. Yeah, do you want to? Yeah, you got 24 hours in a day. You're sleeping for eight of it, so that gives you 16. All right. It, you do a four or six hour shift pulling stuff off the wall. You spend two hours doing research, and we rotate that out. Then that gives a chance for everybody to do a little bit of everything. That's fine with me. Okay. So, your first time frame here, how long do you plan on spending searching? Well, we could get a, just a group start on it tonight for a couple hours, kind of set our parameters for the room uh, and where we want to search if we if we spot anything, and then we can get our get our rotational plan on tomorrow. So I was actually going to suggest that we have our, our little group thing, and then we have a couple of volunteers for who's going to work the night going into the next day, so that that way we could start on it right away. We don't have to try to rearrange the sleep schedules additionally after that. You want to take the first shift with me, Ward? I'll order a pizza. I'll 411 us a number for a pizza place. So I'll just say this, and I'm not going to color the situation one way or the other, but there are four agents in this room, three of whom are armed. And so when you talk about a creepy apartment building, three of you have handguns. So, like, there are no butterflies in this room, except maybe Dartford. Like, this place is weird and creepy because there's stuff glued all over the fucking place. But in general, it's not a bad area to be in. Also, our job isn't to research and figure this out yet. Like, we're not here to do that. We're here to collect and catalog. And I'm pretty good at that. So we work for a couple hours and then Dartford and Bennett take off and you work for work a shift and then we'll come back and relieve you of those duties. Okay, so if everyone is going to work a couple of hours, I'm going to allow two search rolls, and the group will have to collectively elect who is going to make them. I will say I found something pretty quick. That sounds like it's me and Dartford then. What Dartford would like to do is nothing's been epoxied on the walls, and Dartford knowing chemical compounds wants to go around and is like is all of these things epoxied is there something else some other uh, substance that's on any of these things is anything contaminated to something anything and just is there any other substance like mixed in with all of this that maybe wouldn't stick out to the normal eye sure go ahead and make me a search roll agent Dartford that's uh, a 15 under 60 okay so you find a piece of paper amongst the many, many pieces of paper that are here. And you come across it because it does seem to be a little less stuck to the wall as other things. The letter or letterhead that this seems to be proclaims at the top Hotel 
Broad Alban. New York City. Beautiful Art Deco font. And then below it, there does seem to be some strange scribbling in pen. There's a map. Shows an elevator. You see various tunnels leading to a smaller X, which reads JL Bottle. And just by sort of looking at this sketch, you're fairly certain that this isn't the McAllister building that you're in. You're not really sure why this sticks out to you. But I will ask, Agent, what is your forensics? 40. So I will give this one to you without a roll. This letterhead, it's a linen bond paper, very heavyweight. And you can see that on one portion of it, there is a concealed press mark that indicates it was manufactured in 1933. Oh, so this is old. Seems so. But like oddly old. Yes, I would agree. Uh, Oddly old. Oddly old. Abigail wouldn't have been writing this. Like this isn't hers, is my point. She didn't draw this and paste it up. Likely not. Oh, shared around, obviously, everyone. Tag it, bag it. Is that coffee stains? There's some sort of fluid stain on it, yeah. Likely coffee, maybe tea. I continue to scrape and search. Well, I guess the question is, is who is going to make that second search roll? It's going to be a 74 over uh, 50. That's going to be a, a failure. Yep. You search for a considerable time. Most of the time that is spent, the bulk of the time for that two or three hour period that you spend in Abigail's apartment is really just working very carefully to scrape the walls clear of things, to take photographs, to manage and catalog things. And there is an an enormity to be done. Can it be those dentures and partial dentures that were mentioned it can be. It can be. There, There's more than that, obviously, but um, there's old ashtrays. There's tops of what look like tops of liquor bottles. Just the caps. There's all sorts of interesting and odd items to be found in the apartment. And I'm certain that we'll do more searching next time. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of our venture into Delta Green's Impossible Landscapes. I hope you're enjoying our flavor of the show. And certainly, as always, now would be a good time to get up, stretch your legs, get a drink, and wait until intermission is over. Thank you and good night.